0: God mentions in particular the children of Issachar. And he says of them, they were men, Chronicles twelve thirty two. They were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. And then it says, the heads of them were two hundred, and all their brethren were at their commandment but what a what a, a a great commendation of them where it says these men had an understanding of the times and they knew what Israel ought to do and then God gave them the leadership and and they led in great manners you know it's very important that we have an understanding of the times that we were that we are in, you remember the account of Esther, and she was told that you are brought to this kingdom for such time as, <coughs> excuse me, such time as this. It is no coincidence that we are at these times right now. We might say, "Oh, you know." The people that the generation before us had at the best of the best times. And you can go on and on about whatever you want. But the reality is, this is the time that God has given us. And it is important for us to understand the times so that we know what we ought to do. So in understanding the times, it's important for us to see the big picture. You know, it's so easy for us to get caught up in fake news and collusion and Republican-Democrat and all this stuff that we don't see the big picture. I mean, the big picture is, is the reality that God is at work in all generations, And he has been at work from the very beginning. He is still at work. He is working today to um, bring about his cause and his purposes. And we need to see where all the things that are happening today are going to lead. You know, ultimately, as we've been looking on Sunday nights, um, ultimately, everything is going to lead to a one-world religion and a one-world government, and it's going to lead to Antichrist. And um, the big picture, we see all these things. But it's easy for us to forget those. You know, sometimes you step back and you think, what's going on in our nation right now? You see two extremes, and you see a lot of things going on. And 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 I've had people ask me, what do you think's going on? Some have said, uh, what do you think God's purpose for Donald Trump as president is? I have no idea. But sitting back and looking and seeing what's happened, Good, bad, or otherwise, he is taking movements like he's removed the Johnson Amendment, meaning that churches can say whatever they want and do whatever they want. And he's taken a lot of things and done things that are right decisions, and that has stirred up anger and hatred on the other side immensely. I don't know what God's purpose is for him. But I'll tell you what, it is stirring up the anger and hatred in such a manner that when the Lord comes, they will be glad we are gone. Absolutely. They, I mean, it, it's really revealing, and it's it's really bringing a division there. And the reality is, um, the majority of people that stand for truth, are believers. I'm not saying all people are, but when believers are gone and the resistance that Thessalonians talks about through the ministry of the Holy Spirit is removed, these people will have already developed such a hatred, they'll just be glad they're gone. But that's purely my speculation, some of that, okay? Uh, most all of that, all right? But, um, but we need to understand where we are at currently and what our present personal condition is. This chart, and a number of years ago, I don't know, um, we, we looked at this, but in, in all God's dealings, It begins with bondage and only Jesus Christ can set free from bondage. Only truth sets free. And so when we have faith in Jesus Christ, it breaks the bondage and then faith leads us to have courage. And it's important. We, we obey God. It takes, it takes faith. God's working in our life. It takes courage to stand for Him. When you stand for God, you obey Him in faith. It leads to liberty, that we have liberty in Christ. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty leads to blessing. You obey the Spirit of God, that always leads to blessing. The danger of blessing is that then we can take the blessing... And we heap it upon ourselves for selfishness. Then it's, I want the blessing just for me. And then it immediately starts a, a reaction, so to speak, a chain reaction of difficult and bad things. It leads to complacency, apathy. There's not a whole lot of difference there. It leads to Dependency. And back to bondage. The dependency of dependent upon others. We know that we ought to be dependent upon God. Now, the key in all of this, in whatever stage we're at, is repentance. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, that's repentance. It doesn't matter which place we're at here. But it all requires faith. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And so we need to, we need to ask ourselves personally, where am I? Have I, have I placed my faith and trust? Am I walking by faith today? What is God asking me to do that, that, um, maybe I'm not willing to do? What step of obedience? An aspect of courage that, that we need to, we can't reason this all out, but a step of obedience. The blessing that God has given to us, how are we using it? And then I want you to think, not only in your own personal life, have I grown complacent? Does it not really bother me that people are lost, that people are um, headed to hell? We we went out um, canvassing, knocking on doors, handing out flyers for for neighborhood Bible time. And Angela Rich said she came to a door and the lady, correct me, she was here, right there. She said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm pagan. My daughter is a Christian, did she say, so I'll give it to her. This wasn't in the dark jungles of Africa that she said, I'm pagan. This was right here in the city limits of Sheraton. You think about the the reality of where are we today as a nation in this. I have my ideas. I believe we're right here that we are in desperate bondage as a nation the bondage of sin we we are as people they are totally dependent upon someone else to take care of them and we're becoming more and more rapidly that way and the only answer is faith so we need to we need to see the big picture not just the All the little things, you hear this bill got passed, yeah, that's a good thing. No, see the big picture and understand, wait a minute, God is at work, and we know how things end, but between the end and now, things aren't going to get better. Now, God can bring, I believe God is doing great works in many people coming to Christ, I don't believe that's really happening in our nation to the extent that it is in the Middle East. More Muslims and Jews have come to know Christ in the last 10 years than than any time before. There are places that God is mightily working, drawing people. But to say that's happening in America, we're just shifting people from churches to churches. There's not a lot of people... Uh, getting saved. But God is able to save and individuals. God is able to bring pockets of revival. God is able to bring large revivals. But we need to understand that there will come sometime in history the breakdown of the nations, one world government, one world religion, and so on. So, It's important that we see the big picture. Secondly, we must do all that we can do. And that begins in our own personal walk with God. If we don't have a fervent love for God, if we don't have a a growing walk with God, if we don't have the joy of the Lord in our heart, we're not going to be any influence in this world. I mean... Why would they want what we have if what we have doesn't show any difference? So it begins with... Our, that's why we fight for our walk with God. That's why it's such a fight for you to get into the Word. That's why it's such a fight to walk a pure life. Satan wants to destroy that. That's why it's a fight to to not let uh people disrupt your walk with God. I mean... We as people are mean and we're ugly and we're cruel, but that doesn't change God. He's called us to love people. And and we're the same way. We're in desperate need of, of this. So if that all comes back. We cannot, and, unless our walk with God, and then to do all that we can do, we must be interceding. We must be crying out to God, Lord. Have mercy. God, we need your fresh working. I go back and I read about our founding fathers, and prayer played such an important role in the founding of this country. Most of you know that when they were battling about the Constitution, that Benjamin Franklin said, if a sparrow can't fall to the ground without God knowing it, who do we think we are? that we could raise up a nation without God's help, and they stopped the proceedings and they called for a time of prayer. It was common in the early days of our country to call for days of prayer and fasting. I mean, that is part and a large part of what helped make America come to birth and what made America great. And we need a revival of intercession beginning personally and interceding. We must do all that we can to bring light to darkness. I mean, it is so important. Uh, This is a, this is a dark, dark, dark world that we're living in. Uh, Someone came to me after the morning service today and they, they said, you know, this last week we went to a restaurant. And in the restaurant was a, an individual that was in the process of a sex change or whatever. And they said, man, I had, I had all these conflicting things going on in me of just that is repulsive and disgusting. And then it's like, wait a minute, don't shoot at the wrong enemy. The enemy is Satan and then it was what can i do to try to bring help they believe lies and so in the world this wasn't in san francisco that this happened this was right here in america in heart of america in iowa in southern iowa what's the solution it's only jesus christ And we haven't done a very good job of getting that out. And we need to take that personally and do all that we can to bring light to darkness. And we must start to see not America, not Iowa, not southern Iowa. We must start to see individuals. Who has God put in your life? And to be burdened for them. And to say, what does God want me to do? What are ways that that I can plant a seed and help bring them one step closer to Christ? There's a reason the people are in your life. And to see them as individuals, not as how disgusting is that? That is, but by the grace of God, we're not there and worse. But now, how can I get truth to them? How can I help them? How can I show them the love of Christ, and it is important that we never quit. It's easy for us to think, what good does it do? Doesn't matter. And to fall into our own selfishness and complacency and apathy, oh, it doesn't matter, just come, Lord, just come, Lord. No, that is not the attitude. We need to be eager for His appearing, but we need to occupy, to be actively serving until He comes. We won't hear, well done, thou good and faithful, if all we're doing is waiting. He didn't leave us here to wait. He left us here to serve. And one life, to make a difference in one life, but it is important that we never quit, that we never give up, that we never stop doing the right things, that we never stop caring. When you care, people will abuse it. When you care, you're vulnerable. When you, you care, um, others won't respond. That's all right. You keep doing it because that's how God cared for us. That's how He continues to care for us. And freely we have received, freely we give. So tonight... Um, we want to take time to pray for our nation. And um, I've asked um, a number of men, I came across Pray for America and a number of aspects of praying for America. And um, I'm going to ask um, the men, I'm going to ask Andrew if he'd get a microphone and we'll just...